Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, one and all. This is Robert Rogers, and you have just connected with Parkinson's Recovery. If you are someone who currently happens to be experiencing the symptoms of Parkinson's and are searching for ideas of what you might be able to do to get some relief from your symptoms, I am here to tell you you're here at the right place and at the right time because my guests today are going to be able to give you some exciting ideas of what you can do for yourself that will make an incredible difference on how you feel moment to moment, day to day, week to week, and year to year. David Zitt is somebody that I've known about for some time because I have had his DVD and book up on my website. And so it's an honor and a pleasure for me to be able to get to know him personally today. He's a personal trainer and a functional fitness trainer. David has spent more than a decade training hundreds of clients, specifically older individuals, teaching other personal trainers his unique exercise methods. He's developed a special interest in working with clients who happen to be currently experiencing the symptoms of Parkinson's. One of these happened to be Dr. Thomas Mallory, who is a renowned orthopedic surgeon. So he's a medical doctor. When Dr. Mallory was diagnosed, David designed a PD-specific exercise program that minimized and appeared to even reverse Dr. Mallory's symptoms. These uh, symptoms included stoop posture, slow movement, and even a tremor. The program with Dr. Mallory that he designed happened to be so beneficial that David and Dr. Mallory became determined to make it available to all people with uh, Parkinson's disease, and that is, in fact, what David Zinn has been able to accomplish for the world. David, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, it's my pleasure, Robert, and after that introduction, I don't think you need to have me say anything at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, still, I know I know people are going to want to know something about who you are, so tell us about yourself. Well, you know, I have been a trainer in Columbus, Ohio, uh, for almost 15 years now, and uh, I do have a, uh, have had an interest in the older adult for a long time, ever since I started. And, of course, with older adults, you um, run into different types of things and aging issues, and uh, two of my clients that had been working with me for quite a while both developed Parkinson's disease, and um, they both were diagnosed about four months apart. And so I saw the progression of this disease through these two individuals and friends of mine because I had been working with them for a long time. And I just thought, you know, to do something about this, and I thought, you know, why not fight it with exercise? And um, at, back then, that was just kind of a total stab in the dark for me. Um, about a year later, uh, Dr. Mallory is diagnosed, and I, I started helping him, and he saw such incredible results. Um, he went from a stooped-over, uh, fairly low voice, um, kind of a attitude of uh, life is over, don't know what to do now uh, person, and a year later, he was just, almost his former self. Um, And he just goes, you know, you need to write this down in a book. And I thought, okay, well, I'll do that. He goes, no, you need to write this down in a book. And he introduced me to Jackie Russell and said, here's the person that can help you do this. 
Um, I absolutely enjoy training people. Uh, it's it's the love of my life, so to speak. And um, this Parkinson's uh, exercise program has become even, I'm not going to say more important, but I, I enjoy it even more. It, it's it's my all-time favorite thing to do is to talk to people and encourage them to exercise because of the results that I've seen firsthand with our um, class participants and one-on-one. So um, I'm just thrilled to be talking with you tonight. We have another person who's a guest, and that happens to be the person that you mentioned just a minute ago, Jackie Russell. Touched by Parkinson's disease, when her mother-in-law battled the disease, Jackie became professionally involved in the Parkinson's community while working for, hold on to your breath, Dr. Thomas Mallory. He introduced her to David and uh, apparently asked her to collaborate with them on translating their PD exercise program into a book and into DVDs. She is indeed passionate about spreading the message of hope that daily exercise can empower people to face this disease with a proactive attitude. Jackie is credentialed with professional achievement in perioperative nursing and ACLS certified, so she is a nurse. Jackie, thanks so much for also being with us today. Thanks, Robert. We are uh, excited to talk to you today. And tell us about yourself. Well, I've been a surgical nurse for over 30 years, and um, I was first touched by Parkinson's disease when I watched my mother-in-law suffer with it, with a very aggressive form of it, and uh, took a lot of time caring for her, and then um, was working with Dr. Mallory, who's just a very dynamic uh, orthopedic surgeon, and then I watched him become diagnosed with the disease, and I watched him retire, and I watched him change from a AAA workaholic, very um, professional and successful man to someone that just really couldn't function anymore, and he retired, and it made me think, gosh, I hope he is more um, successful with treatment than my mother-in-law was. And uh, after two years of his retirement, and I hadn't seen him, he called me, and asked me to help him with a project. I didn't know it was going to be partnering up with David did, but when I saw him, he was completely different than the day he retired. This was a man that was um, world-renowned and a writer and a hip replacement surgeon and just incredible. He looked like his former self when I saw him, and I asked him what he'd been doing, and he said he thought it was daily exercise, something that this person by the name of David did and helped him with. And um, he wanted me to do a literature search to see back in 2006 whether there was anything supportive in the literature that said daily exercise could change the symptoms. And so I did that. And we found some articles that suggested a relationship, but nothing that confirmed it. But it was enough for him. And he introduced me to David. And uh, I had been doing some research and writing with Dr. Mallory. So I sat down with David and uh, was as excited about the project as he was because he knew that it worked. And I could see Dr. Mallory's changes and his excitement. And so I... I certainly agree. Yeah, we needed to write this down, and we did it. And what I have seen with changes in people 
too numerous to mention. The reversal of symptoms, people gaining their independence back, their optimistic attitude back. Some people say they're in better shape now that they have Parkinson's than they were before. It is um, the biggest message of hope you can give to the Parkinson's population. Uh, and I, like David, uh, love doing it, love seeing the results. And uh, as a nurse, it's just a big deal when you can help someone, but when you can help them stay independent, live in their house and stay upright, not need help with activities of daily living, it's a gift that you just can't measure. It's clear the roots of why each of you got involved with working with individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's, but it really also sounds like it's gotten quite a bit further and more intense than that. How did both of you become so passionate about Parkinson's disease and exercise? You know, uh, Robert, we travel a lot. We meet all kinds of people all over the place. We have five classes in Columbus, and we're busy. It seems like Parkinson's uh, people are the nicest people in the world. Uh, Jackie and I tell each other that all the time. We go, those are the nicest people we've met, and everywhere we go we can say the same thing. When you work and interact with people like this, it's just, it's just very easy to fall in love with every one of them. And when you can help someone like that and change the course of this disease, which is what exercise does for them, um, it's just you wake up every morning, you feel lucky. You know, what I think about that is the population of people with Parkinson's are usually a pretty driven crowd. They want to get better, and if you give them a, just a shred of hope, they're going to jump on that and do as much as they can to help themselves. It seems like they're ravenous for something that can help them because we, when we do public speaking at um, Parkinson's Symposia, it seems like there's a lot of negatives when they listen to all these speakers. And when we get up there, it's very positive. You know what? This disease doesn't have to define you anymore. They get so excited about that. They still can have a life, and you see that uh, glint in someone's eye that they can help themselves rather than waiting for the clock to tick and take their cinnamon. They're they're ready to go. And so, you know, someone wants to get better. Oh, how can you not try to help them? Well, and Jackie, I think you would agree. Um, when we speak to a large group of Parkinson's patients, um, we inspire them right there and then, and we give them three things to do that night and to continue that every day because we know that daily exercise and, um, and, and, and incorporating some, some vigor into that exercise to um, at daily exercise, we know that it works. And it's very easy to spread that message when you have uh, results like that. And, you know, uh, hopefully someday we can come to your neighborhood and speak uh, near you so, so you can see what we're talking about. But people get up. I have them moving. It's, they feel better than when they sat down in their seats when they leave. And um, they can see firsthand just within that hour that it's worked. And 
I feel we make an impact when we talk to people. Oh, yeah, we do. We change them just in one sitting, and then they they find that they can exercise at home. They don't have to go out and exercise in yeah. the gym. And uh, There's other options to your course of physical therapy that's come to an end now because your insurance won't pay for it because you have to continue it. If you don't continue it, you're not going to see those results. And, you know, David, when he he's pretty humble, but when he steps in front of a crowd rubber, he's very charismatic and he's like the Pied Piper of Parkinson's. People stand up, they do exercises, they're nodding their heads, they're laughing, they're smiling. And uh, they don't get a lot of that after they've been diagnosed with this disease that's, you know, pretty devastating. Well, I don't know, Jackie. David sounds pretty charismatic on the phone to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we ha- we have a lot of fun every everywhere we go, and and I think I think that's part of this key is that, you know. You can give someone some exercises or give them a book about exercise, but it doesn't do a darn thing for them if they don't open it and use it. And if you can show people that they can have fun and it works, uh, inspire them to start exercising, open the book up, um, that's that's the key to this thing, the key to, to, to fighting this disease and managing it. I'm Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery, and my guests today are David Zid and Jackie Russell, authors of Delay the Disease. Jackie, you were about to say something. Well, I was just going to say a quick piece about how we really developed this program after we realized David had something. You know, we we educated ourselves on the current research that was out there, and from evidence-based articles and uh, going to continuing ed conferences, we used that research to develop our program even further. And uh, with David's one-on-one training, he can see a problem, whatever that person feels is their biggest problem of the day, whether it's their arm swing or their gait. You know, he works with them until he finds something that helps that one problem with his you know, knowledge base and his experience with training, you know, works for them. He tries it and he tries it, and then he takes it to our exercise class and uses it there. And, you know, our program is just changing all the time. It's getting better and better. It's really neat. Um, I can bring people into my studio and and try to figure things out. And then, just like Jackie said, if something works, we take it to our class. We try it on our class. And I call it stickiness. We throw something on the wall. If it sticks, we use it. If it doesn't, we throw it out and we try something else. And in this method, we can really learn a lot of things and try new things very quickly. And um, it seems like there's something new almost daily that that I'm trying and and using. And um, some really neat things coming out of this. Um, and, And Jackie and I are always... You know, we we try to stay current on research pro- uh, projects and uh, that are coming out, and um, we're actually going to have our own research project. But I'm sure Jackie's going to talk all about that in a few minutes. So <laughs> I'll let her do that. <laughs> you don't want to roll over her. You don't want to be too charismatic over the phone. <laughs> I would not want to steal her thunder. She might be very small, but she 
he is mighty. <laughs> right, right. We don't want to create any any uh, uh, problems between the two of you as a result <laughs> right. of this of this radio show today. So it's very clear that when you work with uh, individuals for just a one-shot opportunity that there are incredible results, and it's also the case that in groups you've seen incredible results, but that you also, David, in particular work one-on-one with individuals who currently experience the symptoms of Parkinson's. What results are you getting in those situations? Well, I'm glad you asked that. My uh, my one-on-one people tend to get better uh, results than everyone else just because I think we're able to really uh, filter out um, the things that they need uh, individually. And as I, I don't know if everyone knows this, but um, Parkinson's disease has so many different symptoms, and it seems like if I've heard this before from a neurologist, if you've seen one Parkinson's patient, you've seen one Parkinson's patient, and I think that's darn true. Um, everyone has a different mix of these symptoms, and it's just it's very difficult to train a group um, and get individual results. So when I'm able to work with someone one-on-one, it's much easier to do that. And, um, I, frankly, I give them homework, and I, I try to stay on them to do something every single day. And Jackie and I have found that if, if our folks that do something every single day just see an enormous change in the progression of this disease, it slows it down. We've seen reverse in symptoms, so people have gotten um, gait back. They've gotten um, their flexibility back, their speech, their arm swing. Um, it's just the list goes on and on. Uh, and, the, and the people that see the best results do it daily. And I think training with one-on-one uh, just helps give them that extra push and the extra attention to their, to their problems. I think that's probably the best way to sum that up. It sounds like you're giving a new interpretation to the word progression as it's used in reference to uh, Parkinson's disease. Progression, from your experience, means that symptoms are getting better, that people are getting relief from those <laughs> symptoms, not that they're getting worse. Yeah, so it is progressive, uh, of, but not in the way that a lot of people think that it is. Exactly. And, I mean, we just have... We have we have folks here in Columbus. We have emails. We get letters. We get phone calls uh, of people saying the exact same thing: is that um, you know they're going out to dinner with their spouse again. Um, they're getting off a chair by themselves again. Um, it's 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 just a fascinating thing, and it's it's an exciting thing at the same time um, to see and to hear people. Uh, get better from exercising, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think that exercise is FDA approved. Everyone can do it. You do not need to go to a gym to do it. Um, if you do get dressed up and go to gym, great, but you don't have to. You can exercise at home. You can fight this disease with exercise. You manage the disease with exercise. It absolutely puts you back in control. If you have Parkinson's and you feel like you, you're not in control anymore, start exercising because that will put you back in control of your life. You know, the researchers, Robert, are really starting to say that maybe exercise is the new medication for Parkinson's disease and the science behind it 
that at least is proven in the animal community when people say, well, why does this work so well for Parkinson's? The concept called neuroprotection that I don't think lots of people understand, but the proposition is that when you exercise, you get um, an accumulation of a particular growth factor, a chemical in your brain, a kind of a miracle growth for brain cells that slows the degenerative process down, lets you use more dopamine, uh, lets your cells create more dopamine. And um, so the more you exercise, the more ability you have to uh, change your brain cells. This, this concept of your brain having the ability to change no matter what age you are is real. And uh, soon, soon it will be proven beyond a shadow of a doubt in the human population in the research. But, you know, what we've seen is proven in front of our eyes. This um, ability of your brain to adapt is, is miraculous. And that's what makes people seemingly reverse or at least hold their symptoms at bay. Um, the people that, and research is showing this, if you start early, your brain has more capacity to change. So as soon as you're diagnosed, start an exercise regimen. Um, most neurologists will start folks in a physical therapy program, but that runs out. Insurance will quit paying for that. So they either need to find a great community-based exercise program or they need to find a personal trainer that can push them. Rigorous seems to be better. So there's just lots out there scientifically that supports this. But, you know, you find one Parkinson's person that gains benefit and finds worth in a particular exercise because all of a sudden they can get out of the chair by themselves or they can get their arm swing back and they look normal again. Well, that, that's, that's huge. That's huge. If you're listening to this show live right now, you have an opportunity to be able to get a free consultation with people who really know what it takes in terms of exercise to be able to get sustained relief from your symptoms. Call right now. The toll-free number is 877-590-0733. That's for anyone who lives in the United States. If you live outside, there's another number you can call. That's 347-945-5358. For those of you who are listening from foreign countries, that is foreign to the United States, you can always connect here to the radio show page through Skype on your computer. You have both become national speakers who are truly inspirational. What makes your presentation so compelling to people? Um, I think, you know, Jackie, uh, I tell this to Jackie all the time. I go, if it wasn't for Jackie, I don't think anyone would even like me. She she starts off our program with some science and uh, the research into this whole thing. And by the time she's done talking, she's uh, just laid the foundation for me to stand up and and do what I do. Um, I I like to get in front of people, Robert, and I like to look them in the eyes, and I like to walk around and touch people and and tell them and show them in my face and eyes that you know this is real and it works. Um, and I think I think people connect to that. They um, they they've seen a lot of people standing on stage talking about this and that, and I actually come down. And I walk around with them, and I show them exercises that they can do that day, 
and I give them three things, and I tell them I'm going to call them. Every single person, I, I go, I'm going to call you in 10 days, and if you're not doing this, you're going to get in trouble. And, uh, you know, it's just it's, it, we have a lot of fun. Uh, we were in um, in Iowa once, and uh, the person uh, who invited us there, at the end of our program, she was a little skeptical about us at first. When she introduced us, she goes, I'm not sure about these two, but here they are. And uh, we did our job, and uh, she came up. She goes, I've got two things to say. One, can you come back this summer for our big conference? So I knew she liked us. And the number, the second one, she goes, you should tell everyone to look at themselves, look at each other, and ask them when was the last time they saw everyone smiling like this. So, if again, if you can show people that it works and that it doesn't have to be drudgery, it's fun, that's the key. That's the key to this to this exercise program. Robert, I think what we give them when we stand up is hope. They, they listen to a little bit of science and research, and then we talk so much about inspiration and what drives people to get better. We talk about attitude. We talk about um, taking control of your own life again, not focusing on, oh, my gosh, I'll, I have Parkinson's disease. I really can't function anymore. It gives them their lives back. Mm-hmm. And uh, to see the looks on people's faces when David's walking around getting in their eyeballs, they're doing arm circles and squats in this audience of 500 or 600 people. They're laughing, and they're realizing, oh, my gosh, in five minutes my posture is a little bit better. And uh, David will say, could you do this every day when you're standing at your kitchen table waiting for your toast? It's so easy to do. If you do it ten days in a row, do you think you'd be better? Well, they're convinced course they'd be better and he says well then why wouldn't you do it and I get feedback from these people after I've gotten home they email me and uh, they're doing it and they're changing and they're looking for trainers now and they want community-based exercise programs and so you know we're, we're trying to do that we're trying to spread our program as far as we can because everyone should have community-based exercise program available to them yeah that's right you mentioned there are three exercises that you introduce to people when you give these talks. Would it be possible for you to describe what just one of those exercises might look like? Oh, I'm glad you asked. You know, uh, one of my all-time favorite exercises to show people are arm circles. So if you're at home right now listening, just stand up, or you could do this sitting down if you can't stand up. So make sure you have plenty of room around you. You're going to put your arms out and make your body look like a T. So you look like a giant T, and you're going to pinch your shoulder blades together. And what you do is you just make two very small circles with your hands, two medium-sized circles with your hands, and then two as big as you can circles with your arms. So big as you can means to tolerance. So don't go into pain. Then you go backwards for two little ones, two medium ones, to big as you can ones. And what that what that's doing is you're encouraging synovial fluid back into that shoulder joint, which is just naturally occurring fluid. Everyone has it. It helps your joint. When you pinch your shoulder blades together, and I'll bet you uh are you do you have a money back guarantee on your show, Robert? Because I'll tell you what, we could probably, <laughs> we have a money you better believe it. <laughs> Because we could we could do that tonight, and uh, everyone out there who just did that, if you pinch your shoulder blades together, you just grew two inches, and that's that's worth something right there. 
arm circles also get you stronger posterior. They get you stronger in the back. So you're going to stand taller. Your shoulders are in better shape. Your posture is better. You feel better. And they're just so simple to do. You can do them anywhere. I tell people to do them when you put your toast in the toaster. Stick your toast in the toaster and do arm circles. Uh, you can do it in the bank line. You can do it in the grocery store. You can do it on the way out to your car. You don't need equipment to do arm circles. And, you know, before breakfast, you're fighting Parkinson's disease. So arm circles are great. Um, we do have three hand positions for that. We go palms up. We go palms down. We go thumbs down. So you repeat arm circles, palms up, palms down, thumbs down, forward, backwards, small, medium, and large. Does that make sense? It does indeed. I'm going to make a big guess that of the invitation you gave for people to actually do that exercise as you were explaining it, about 52.3395% of the people did it, but the other percent did not. Now, now, what would you want to say to the individuals who did not do what you just suggested they would do, that, that they ought to do right now? What would you want to say to them right now? Okay. If you uh, – it, it, it takes about a minute to do a full set of arm circles, one minute, 60 seconds. What else can you do in your life in 60 seconds that can have such a huge impact on your life and make your life better? So let's stand up again right now and let's do them because – they're worth it. And even if they're small circles to begin with, movement begets movement. And it, we've helped people that are, are very far progressed in this disease. If we just get them moving just a little bit, tomorrow they move a little bit more. The next day they move a little bit better. The next day they move a little bit better. And pretty soon they're doing full arm circles and they start moving and they're feeling better. So if you didn't do it with us tonight, get up and do them right now because it's worth it and you'll see progress, and you're going to feel better. And, you know, even before you butter your toast, you're fighting Parkinson's disease. And plus, I'll call you if you don't. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> well, on your follow-up calls, so how many people actually follow through and make this a daily ritual, a daily routine, and how many people fall off the wagon, so to speak, and aren't able to stay on track? Yeah, I you know, that was Jackie and my concern when we first came, uh, is, you know, I go, Jackie, we inspire people for a day or two. Um, how do we encourage them to do this for a lifetime? And, um, you know, because I can't be there in their living room with them, although I'd love to. Um, you know, we do have, um, we have a book and two videos out right now. Uh, the videos, I always tease people. I go, now, listen, if you buy that video, you've got me in your living room, which I don't know if that's good <laughs> or bad. Um, it, you know, I, I, I do like to encourage people. It, it's, I'm a very positive person, I, and I don't do any type of negative reinforcement. I don't think that works. Um, so, you know, th that is one way of getting this done, is to put something in and listen to it every day or open that book and do something every day. Um, we encourage people to come visit me in Columbus. I, I get people from out of town all the time, and they spend a night or two, and I see them for two or three days in a row. And they go home with an individualized workout for them. Um, Jackie and I are passionate about getting exercise into people's hands. So we have created a, a continuing education course. So we're now training the trainer to teach our exercise class. And, you know, one of our goals right now is to try to get 
a relatively inexpensive or free class available to everyone in the United States to have Parkinson's disease. It's a lofty goal, but it's a worthy goal. And um, that, you know, that's a way to do it. I've been at this business for 15 years. There's three ways that people get results. One is they put it in their calendar, and they let no one take that time from them. So if you have a calendar, you put exercise in there and don't let anyone take it from you. The second way is they do it at the same time every single day. Whatever time that is, 9 a.m., noon, if it's 6 at night, whatever time that is, put it down and do it. That way you get into a habit. The third way is you get a partner. And if you have a training partner, if you sleep in on them, guess what they're going to do? They're going to call you and you're going to say, where were you? <laughs> right? And training partners are very, very effective. So we encourage people to get someone to help them work out or train. And, you know, I think that's part of being human, Robert. I think being human is to help people. But I also think being human is to let someone help you. And when you're diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, there has to be a huge flood of emotions that go through you, including depression and frustration and, 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 and anxiety. Let someone help you. Pick someone out. It could be a spouse. It could be a friend. It could be anyone. Have them help you. Let them help you. Let them in and let them help you work out because the idea of working out with someone and letting someone help you, you're actually going to turn around and help them too. And everyone around you gets influenced by this exercise pill that we call, um, and everyone gets positively affected. It's just it's just a wonderful thing. It's the ripple effect. And when you get better, everyone around you gets better too. That's that, That's just kind of how we do things. You mentioned you have a lofty goal to uh, create this continuing education course for healthcare professionals. And the purpose of the course is to teach individuals to become Parkinson-specific with respect to exercise and physical therapy. In other words, the course teaches the fundamentals of starting a, a community-based exercise program. So how is this lofty goal going, and, and how in the world did it start in the first place? Well, Robert, when we were doing a lot of presenting all over the country and in Canada, we got this question. We, we want this in our neighborhood. Some uh, cities and areas have community-based exercise, but far fewer than I ever imagined. And so we kind of answered that call, and I said, David, we need to figure out a way to help other communities do what we're doing. And so with the help of a brilliant physical therapist, and David and I, we sat down and created a continuing ed course for PTs, physical therapists, occupational therapists, trainers, and nurses um, for uh, Parkinson's-specific training. And not only that, but how do I start a community-based exercise program in my neighborhood? The feedback we've gotten from this course, Robert, is uh, overwhelmingly positive. We've given it in, oh my gosh, probably four or five states, a handful of times in Columbus, Ohio, and we're scheduled to give it in New Jersey and Chicago and Indianapolis. And, um, the feedback I get from the therapists are notes like this, Jackie, I never thought I could get this person down to the floor and have them get up by themselves, but 
I did that today. It was a achievement. People that already had exercise classes started to grow them and uh, would boast about the achievements of the people. We've got classes in Cleveland and in Iowa and in Indianapolis and um, Toledo. Toledo. We we have such positive feedback from the instructors and from the people that are taking them that this just gets um, more and more popular. So we're really involved with this continuing ed course because um, not only do we teach the methods, but we teach the attitude of positive inspiration and hope, and, and that's what those people need. And physical therapists are loving it, and we're loving it. People can learn more about your incredible discoveries through your book and your DVDs. How do they acquire those materials? A couple ways. You um, can go to our website, and you can order it on the website. Uh, It's on Amazon. Uh, You can email me. Frequently I pick up my phone during the day, and I get a phone call from someone that's discovered us and says, I want to order it. I don't have access to a computer, and we we do it over the phone. Uh, Our website is delaythedisease.com, and uh, we have a Facebook page, and you know, people hear about us from one way or another. They they order the book or they order the DVD and they are uh, driven to call me or email me and say, oh, it's made a huge difference in my dad's life or in my husband's life. Can I come train with David? You know, and from that we get people traveling to Columbus to train a couple of days with David. And I think our best advertisement is word of mouth because in Columbus people – are at the supermarket and see someone that they think has Parkinson's and they stop them and they say, you know, you have Parkinson's? If you do, you need to come do this exercise class. Oh, it grows itself. And um, there's no denying that it changes people. Robert, one one of my favorite emails I ever received was from a woman from Seattle, Washington. And it, it said, um, she, she said, I'm a very private person, and I don't let many people into my life, but I bought your DVD, and you are now part of my life every day. And it just, you know, that type of comment, just it just hooks me. I, I'm just, I absolutely love what we do, and I, I hope we can inspire more people to exercise because um, someone like that, it, it it's it's hard to put into words, but when you can help someone like that, it just makes everything right in the world. You know, it's catching fire in the Parkinson's community, and we want it to catch even more fire in the medical community. So um, we are just about ready to start a research project with uh, the Ohio State University Movement Disorder Department, and uh, Dave and I are going to train two groups of Parkinson's people over a year three times a week for an hour, and they're going to compare exercise to non-exercise and early start to late start, but um, it's going to be a group setting, and it's going to be so exciting. We just got approval for this study, and we're ready to start it in a couple of weeks. Uh, It's going to show that our program, what we've already seen, but it's going to show scientifically we are confident that uh, our program changes you, and uh, I think it will help us be able to start more community-based exercise classes because uh, 
the science behind it will be there, and uh, people will read more and more about it, and, and they'll want it in their community. So if anyone's out there um, and you've got six months to a year to kill, come to Columbus if you've uh, first newly diagnosed and you're not on Cinemat because we'll, we'll take you. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I, it's it's absolutely free. It doesn't cost you a cent. Um, but um, I think what we're going to see after six months of exercising three times a week with what we're doing is just going to be phenomenal. It's going to be like our one-on-one clients um, it's it's going to be just it's going to be fantastic, and I can't wait to help more people. The mystery actually will turn on how large will the result be. <laughs> not not yeah. are you going to get a result, but rather how huge it'll be. And I would hope that the researchers that you're collaborating with would do a little comparison of the results that are found with your exercise. Uh, program relative to the many other treatments that people actually get, and I'm sure what you probably see is a huge result with the exercise, and then the other treatments are giving some modest result, but nothing like what the exercise can actually do. I, I would agree with that. Uh, I, you know, we, it, I, in, in our opinion, if you get diagnosed with Parkinson's and you get a medical prescription, you should also get a prescription for physical therapy. And, you know, that lasts for a certain amount of time. Well, what do you do after physical therapy? I think you get, you find a community-based exercise program and, you, and, and then you go into that. Um, you know, if you're out there listening, get exercising. Find someone to help you exercise every day. If that's someone you know, maybe it's a trainer, maybe it's a physical therapist, but find someone to help you exercise every day, to motivate you, to call you, to email you, whatever you need to get done you have to start exercising to manage this disease, and it just changes this whole course of this disease. It does. You just have to believe me. Um, call me. You know, I'll I'll talk you into exercise. Um, come visit me. I I I love meeting new people and inspiring them to do this. Uh, you know, I have to say one thing. When David uh, trains one on one in his studio, and I have the opportunity to watch your health. And I see people that come in and have only one wish, and it might be arm swing, it might be um, their posture, but they come in a little depressed and sort of not so convinced that this is going to do something. Um, not sure they can exercise. You know, David and I, we push them. It's rigorous, and they're not certain they can accomplish it. After one session, they leave Robert with a smile on their face. They they have hope that, oh my gosh, you know, I don't have to have someone help me get out of bed maybe tomorrow. Or um, it, it hooks them. And uh, to see that, gosh, yeah, maybe I can get my heart rate elevated even though I'm 70. Or maybe I can lift those weights I never thought I could. And they see the results. You know, our program speaks for itself. Our program is is different, I think, because we push people. Um we have a couple folks that are young onset, and uh, I saw them when they first started training and then didn't have the opportunity to see them until maybe four or five months later in David's studio, and they look like completely different people. What I noticed most is that they were smiling, and they were excited to be there, and they wouldn't miss it for anything. Nothing got in the way of their training with David because that that's that, – thing for them right now because it gives them the ability to look normal. 
and to function normally, to stay the same person that they were. They just don't have Parkinson's disease. I'm Robert Rogers for Parkinson's Recovery. My guests today are David Zid and Jackie Russell, authors of Delay the Disease. I am guessing that there might be an individual who currently lives in Utah or Hawaii or Texas or New York State who's thinking, hmm, I've been looking for a new place to live. I think I'd like to move to Columbus and join into that research program. What email should they send or what phone number should they call to be able to sign up? Uh, You know, Robert, they can email me at uh, delaythedisease at gmail.com or at gmail. Or they can um, email me and and call me, if you want, at uh, 614-975-5874. I would be happy to talk to anybody that's interested. It's a big commitment. And we have a lot of people excited about the study, but, you know, we need we need some more people. And they need to be pretty functional, fairly newly diagnosed, and they can't be taking Cinemet yet. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to talk to anybody that's interested in that. Can you, know, you actually start this in a few uh, months? Is there a kickoff date for this? There, the, the tentative date is in September. And I, I can't tell you an exact date in September. We're going to try to kick it off in September. But I'll tell you something. If we get someone that moves from Hawaii to Columbus, Ohio, uh, we did our job, didn't we? (laughs) I tell you, I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) You might find people who are more than willing to to move, at least temporarily, uh, to give this a a spin. It sounds like it would be a a golden opportunity for anyone, really. It is. It's an opportunity, and I would love to have anyone come from anywhere and uh, and be part of this because it will be um, it will be life-changing I can promise you that it's a worldwide disease you know we just did a national webcast in Iowa for the National Parkinson's Foundation and the American Parkinson's Disease Association it was just a couple weeks ago but they said they had 29 countries logged in and so I've had emails from Ireland and from Australia and from India and you know, everybody wants the same thing I don't have this exercise near me. How can I do it? It's um, it's a huge need out there. There's a lot of people with Parkinson's disease. The new numbers in the United States are 3 million diagnosed. That's a lot of people. It is indeed. Now, if you could tell uh, or if you could give one message to individuals who are currently experiencing the symptoms of Parkinson's, what would that message be? Daily exercise with intensity. Exercise daily with intensity. That is key. And if you don't know what to do, do something. Go for a walk. Make it a vigorous walk. Whatever level you're at, even if you're deconditioned, it might not be a fast walk, but to your tolerance levels, push yourself. Um, you know, nowadays there's, a, there, there's lots of different modalities of exercise. Explore some of them. Find out which ones you like. Um, if you absolutely hate something, you probably won't do it. If you absolutely love something, you're probably going to do it every day. It'll make it a lot easier to do every day. Find someone to help you. 
that would be my message. Every day is key, Robert. The literature shows it. We've seen it, even if it's 10 minutes or if it's a trainer. It, it, that, that's what seems to be the ticket to making the symptoms change. And when you realize that, it's very easy to do something every day because it becomes your priority. It's like brushing your teeth. You can't miss it. Why would you? You're getting better. Why would you miss it? And uh, we, we've seen people that started out with once a week because that's all they could come to our exercise class, and then they'd pull me aside after class and, and they'd say, do you, do you think I could train a little bit with David? Do you think that would make a difference? And they do a couple one-on-one sessions and they find great worth in that, and they just become mesmerized with it. They're hooked, and they become different people. Personalities change. Yeah. One of our favorites, uh, you know, I shouldn't say I ever have favorites, but um, we have we have Supergirl in our class, actually. I don't know if you knew that, but but we have Supergirl in our Friday class, and she has had such a huge turnaround. Uh, her husband stood up once. Uh, we were at a book signing, and unsolicited, he goes, I just want you to know that exercise gave me my wife back. That's how big of a deal exercise is. And... Um, you just have to start somewhere. Start small and uh, start with something and just keep at it. It, it will snowball on itself, and uh, you will manage this disease, and you'll have hope. That's a big deal, having hope. This is your chance to be able to connect and get specific suggestions if you've got any exercise problems from two people who know what it's all about. The toll-free number is 877-590-0733. And those people are David Zid and Jackie Russell, authors of Delay the Disease. The question that I get frequently when people call me is, what can I do about freezing? It's driving me crazy. What would be your answer to that question? Three quick uh, down and dirty things you can do for freezing is one. Well, actually, there, there's a there's a general view on freezing that I have. Are you in imminent danger, or is anyone else around you in danger? And that question is usually answered no. If I'm in the grocery store and I can't move right away, is anyone going to die that's behind me? No. Um, you know, if there's a, if there's a bus coming at you and you're in the middle of the road, you got to move, right? Uh, if there's a fire in your house, you better get out of there right away. But, you know, those things rarely happen to us. Most of the time when you're frozen, you're in a very safe place and no one around you is in danger. So the first thing you have to do is you have to relax. And the easiest way to do that is to relax your jaw and relax your tongue. Go ahead and try that right now. If you're at home, relax your jaw and relax your tongue right now. And the rest of your body will relax with it. If you're frozen and you get anxious, that's probably the worst thing you do because you're just going to freeze more. So the first thing to do is to relax. Now, three quick tips. One is don't try to move forward anymore. Move backwards or move sideways or touch the floor with your hand. Do something other than move forward. So take a step backwards and then take your step forward because if you're frozen, you're just reinforcing freezing by trying to move forward and not doing it. 
So relax your jaw, take a step backwards, and then go forward. The second one is to relax your jaw and then step over something. Find something on the ground, anything. It can be a dot, a piece of gum, whatever it is, and step over it. Because when you step over something, your intention is different. It's not, oh, I'm just going to take a step forward. It's going to be, I'm going to step over that. And the intention is different, and it works really well. The third one, get your mind thinking about something else. Count your steps. You can do it out loud or in your head. If you're in that bank line, you're stuck, the first thing you're going to do is relax your jaw and then count your steps in your head to the teller. And when you're counting, it takes your brain off this freezing and you move pretty well. Yeah, that's a really good question, Robert, because uh, we addressed that in our newest DVD because that was one of the number one complaints our exercise class had. Our newest DVD is Functional Fitness. It's soon to be a book. But our folks in our exercise class said to us, we need these things. Help us with. And freezing was a huge one. And so in the DVD, or if you're training in David's gym, you'll do all those tricks, but you'll also use the agility ladder, which is just um, a really neat trick for helping people with freezing problems. You know, our folks in our exercise class said, help me get off the floor if I've fallen and I'm at home alone. Help me get out of bed at night so I don't have to wake my spouse up. Give me tricks for getting dressed. Getting out of a car was one of the number one complaints. I cannot get out of the car. So we went to them, asked them what they needed, and then uh, developed these functional fitness plans. There's 15 of them uh, to help with activities of daily living that everyone needs to stay independent. We give ways to do it. Here's a trick to get out of the car. And then exercises to perform that help with that particular task. You know, lots of folks said, I, I, I'm afraid to go to ball games anymore. I don't like to move around in big crowds. So we've got some moving about in crowd tips and reaction time tips and just all kinds of stuff that we've learned from our folks in our class, what works and what doesn't, and what do they need. But freezing is a huge issue. But these tricks work. I mean, our folks, you know, they, they say the mantra to themselves. They count in their heads if they're frozen. They say take a big step. Cueing is a big deal. Verbally cueing yourself, cueing yourself with something on the floor that you could look at, because you have to trick the brain into thinking differently. Mm-hmm. Well, that project sounds absolutely magnificent and will make a true contribution to people who are frustrated by very specific challenges. You gave everyone, including myself, the challenge of relaxing my jaw and my tongue. I did not want to be one of the people who didn't do it, so I worked on relaxing my jaw but I have to confess, I'm having a trouble relaxing my tongue. How do you do that? How do you relax your tongue? Well, if you push your tongue to the roof of your mouth, right, let's, let's, let's try something. Clench your teeth and push your tongue to the roof of your mouth hard. Movement will not become easy. Your balance won't be very good, and you probably won't be very strong. So if you relax your jaw, that unclenches your teeth. And then your tongue comes from the roof of your mouth, and then that's what I would call relaxed. Okay, that Relax. works. <laughs> that's better. There you go. So that's how we do it. You know, uh, Robert, freezing is, I think, a control issue. And, and when you're frozen, you, you're not in control of your body. 
And some of the tips that we do with an agility ladder um, helps with control. You learn how to control yourself again, and you relearn how to how to move when you want to move, and you move where you want to move. It's it's just an incredible tool, and um, you know it, I encourage everyone to at least look into doing that. Look into our book or video, or, or you know, call me or, or something because it works. It works very very well, and it puts you back into control. Um, the other thing, a quick tip for someone at home, because most of us spend our, most of our time in our houses and most of our freezing happens in the house, you've got to change your environment. And the easiest way to do that is to just put tape on the ground. So if you get stuck around one particular corner in your house every single day, you're reinforcing that. And I always tell people, I go, if you take very small steps and you freeze in the same place every day 100 times, what are you good at? Well, you're good at freezing in the same place every day. So you've got to put, you got to do something different. Put tape on the ground, some some blue tape on a on a light carpet, or put light tape on a dark carpet. Put them about 16 inches apart, just pieces of tape, masking tape that comes up easily. Put them about 16 inches apart. Relax the jaw and step over those pieces of tape. And you do that, and if you practice that a hundred times a day you're good at moving around that corner. Does that make sense? It does indeed. What a marvelous suggestion. It will take little effort on a person's part if they'll just do it. Yep. You know, the other little freezing tip that folks in our class find very helpful is they get stuck in doorways. You know, they can't go through a doorway or across a threshold. They just stop and stutter step there. So the trick we've uh, found that helps is rather than looking at the doorway, Look through the doorway. Look at the opposite side of the doorway. Try one of your freezing tricks. Step backwards first. Start counting your steps. They move through that doorway just like magic. And it's just finding what works for that person, you know, um, arm swing. Just whatever that problem is, we've got a great trick for return of arm swing that um, involves using a, a stick that... Uh, you walk with and have the trainer or David or myself behind you with the stick, and we drive your arm swing with the stick. Because if you repeat good activity, your brain remembers that. So repetition, repetition, repetition. The movements have to be big, and they have to be good movements. Those are what stick in your brain. And uh, those folks go home, they practice them, and then all of a sudden, you know what, their arm swings back. Or they're going through doorways. Or they're moving about at ball games and they're not worried anymore. What question have I not asked that I need to be sure and ask before we conclude this show? I think, you know, I think a comprehensive exercise program should include, but maybe not limited to, um, flexibilities some type of stretching that you do every single day. And stretching doesn't have to take very long. You can spend a little bit amount of time stretching uh, every day to get big benefits. I think every program out there should have some type of cardiovascular training to it. Your heart is probably is still the most important muscle in your body. And, and the better shape your heart's in, the better shape your brain's going to be in. 
So you have to do some intense cardiovascular training. It doesn't have to be long duration, but you do have to have some. Uh, third, and just equally as important as the prior two, is strength training. Everyone out there should be doing some form of strength training, whether it's body weight or traditional strength training or a combination of both, I think is the best. Um, you know, there are a lot of things Parkinson-specific that we teach, and, uh, you know, all of them are good depending on what, symptoms you have, you know, and that's basically what our research project is going to be based on. It's going to be based on, um, you know, a flexibility, a cardiovascular, a strength cycle, and then Parkinson-specific tips. I think the question that you, you didn't ask is, how do I get started? I do nothing right now. How do I start? I want to try it. Start with five minutes a day. Find something that you like to do. I mean, we love our exercise program, but if you can't find that, do something. Tango, uh, dance, um, tai chi, yoga, lots of stuff out there for Parkinson's that's showing benefits. Do something. Start with a few minutes a day and then build up, and you will find that you're changing, and so then you'll want to do more. Movement begets movement. Just start doing something every day. It will build on itself. I'm excited to hear about the results of your upcoming research program that will take uh, quite a few months to actually conclude. You'll have to let me know when the results are out so that we can have you back on this show and tell everybody the exciting news of what exercise can do for them as demonstrated by your research project. We would absolutely love it. We would absolutely love it. Yes, we would. Uh, we'll we'll be shouting that from the rooftops when that uh, study is done. <laughs> and if you have anybody out there listening, Robert, that's interested in starting to lay the disease or a community-based exercise program, have them contact me. We'll get a continuing ed course set up in their area, train some folks, and, and get it started. You know, it takes one person to start that ball rolling. And, it's easy to do. Yeah. It's easy to do. You can do it. If you're out there and you want to have a class near you, it's easy to set up and do. That sounds exciting. And I'm wondering, too, if there might be a possibility of piggybacking your work with work that Nan Little is doing in Seattle, Washington, through the YMCA. Uh, she's doing a forced exercise program that's been improved by all the Ys. Maybe it would wow. be possible to uh, get your program nested in with hers. I guess they've uh, they've designated certain rooms in the Ys that can be used with the equipment that's needed to do the forced exercise. But it seems like if that's happening, then maybe you could add your forced, uh, your, your, not your forced exercise, but your own uh, uh, sp specific program so that it could be disseminated throughout all the states. That's interesting you would say that. We have a presence in the WISE. We've done our continuing ed course in, um, well, two, and we're getting ready to give it in a third YMCA. The YMCA is a wonderful setting. They, they uh, cater to people that uh, may have a disability or a disease, and they uh, they look for those classes, and, and they support us. We, we love the WISE setting. They're just fabulous. We'd love to be connected with them. Yeah, we think a y, the WISE would be a good place for us and a good fit. We, we've, it sounds like a good marriage. 
Yeah, hook us up out in Seattle. We love we love to go to Washington. It, it might be, yeah. Apparently, uh, she explained that she was on the show about two months ago. Uh, once you get approval uh, through the Y for a program, any locality can start a program. They don't need to go through any approval process. So once you get that done, there's some liability issues and other questions that have to be resolved. But once that's done, apparently it can just uh, spread very, very quickly. Uh, well, so, you know what I'll be doing tonight is listening to that program. <laughs> yeah, please, please do because uh, she, I guess, actually knew some of the key people from the Y who were located in Seattle and was able to marshal through uh, everything that was required to get it approved. And uh, now, I guess it's it's spreading uh, throughout the United States. And so, yeah, it's it's quite a marvelous piece of work, actually. And she's the person who's, uh, as we speak, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> she she oh, was no talking kidding. about yeah yeah no no she has parkinson's and uh, she's with john carlin who also uh currently has some of the symptoms of parkinson's and they're both joining a group of people who have ms and climbing up to the top of uh, mount kilimanjaro and uh, and they're blogging some about that so i'm beginning to put some of that up on the parkinson's recovery blog so people can know uh how, how they're progressing their goal is of course to uh to get to the summit uh, so <laughs> Quite remarkable, really. That is remarkable. I, I well, wish thank them you. well. Oh, well, it's, it's too high. I'm sure they'll return in fact because they, they've been training and taking it very seriously here for the last six months. Well, thank you so much, David Zid and Jackie Russell, for telling us all about what uh, people need to do in order to be able to get sustained relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's that they're currently experiencing and to know that Parkinson's disease is indeed progressive. And by that, I don't mean it gets worse. I mean it actually gets better. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having us, and thanks so much for all you do for everyone with Parkinson's disease. Yes, Robert, your website's great, and there's lots of help on that website. I've been perusing it over the last month, and I'm quite impressed. And we were honored uh, to be asked to speak on your show. Thank you. It's an honor and a privilege for me to do the work. It's a, it's a passion, and it's work that gives me great joy internally. And that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you are listening to this radio show today, that you are on the road to recovery. May you have a magnificent week. We look forward to connecting with you next week. Good day. Let's see if he comes back on. What time do you go?